your reptilian brain is going to bond through the sex. That's just a given as a woman. When we present ourselves as completely sexual beings, that is how the male brain perceives us. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. These are real-life, real-time coaching conversations about all things dating, love, relationships between men and women. And each week I have a guest or I talk about a principle of mine or anything psychological that I think is happening with men, all manner of things as simple as texting all the way to the profundity of sex in a relationship, everything in between. And today is one of those days because I'm going to be talking about sex in a marriage, sex in a relationship that's not a marriage, the difference for men, and we're going to dive deep because I received a great letter from a woman, actually she doesn't say where she is, but uh, this is such such a great letter for me to uh, jump off of and talk about the differences between sex with the consumers or sex with a buyer. They're very, very different. We actually experience them differently, and certainly the men are different in the different relationships. And I'll explain why I believe that to be. So I'm going to start with this letter from a 36-year-old woman named Jackie. And what I'll do is I'm just going to read the letter because I think it's so uh, great. It outlines everything really that we're going to talk about. And it's, as I said, a great jumping-off point for today's topic. So... Here we go. Bear with me. It's a little bit of a long letter, but I think while not super detailed, it does get to the heart of the matter here. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. Dear Coach Paula, I'm writing to you because I recently got engaged and don't understand the actions of my fiance when it comes to sex. I'm 36 years old and I'm planning a wedding for six months from now. My fiancé is 32 years old. We met online last year, and thanks to you, I did things differently than I ever have. To be honest, a friend of mine works with you in your online dating program and told me all about the steps you use. While I made some mistakes along the way, I always followed the first three strictly, and it worked for me in a big way. I'm too chicken to come on your podcast and wanted to ask you something that has me worried. I love my husband-to-be, but our relationship isn't like others I've had sexually, except for my first husband I married while still in college. We were married for a total of five years, but that last year we were separated, so really I've been single for almost 12 years. In that time, I've had two relationships, and she puts those in quotes, relationships, and lots of what I know you call consumers. I don't understand why with all of those guys the sex was really great and with my first husband and fiancé it's not as good. It's like it doesn't seem very important to them. With my first husband we got together my second semester of college and it just morphed into us getting married. What I'm saying is that what 
Let's see what she says. What I'm saying is that I wasn't experienced at all, and neither was he. So looking back, I don't think the sex could have been any better, but it didn't matter to me then as much as it does now. Once I started dating older guys and gained more experience myself, sex became a much bigger part of my relationships and dating, and it got a lot better. With my fiancé, Alec, if I don't initiate sex, he doesn't go after it like my past boyfriends, and it's never been as good with him as it's been with those guys either. Alec is really awesome and treats me like I've never been treated before, except with my first husband, but he was very immature. This relationship is really great. Alec wants the same things, and we're planning on my getting pregnant as early as our honeymoon. Please understand that it's not that our sex has any problems. It's absolutely fine, and he seems perfectly happy, but it really worries me that it's not really great and like I've experienced before. Is it that he just doesn't desire me? What's going to happen after we have kids? I don't want to lose him, but I'm not sure if there's anything I can do that will make it better. When I initiate sex, something feels off, and he doesn't seem to care to go without it. Other guys I've been with couldn't get enough of me that way. I worry that he doesn't love me enough or isn't attracted to me as much as other men I've been with. I can't help thinking that he'll eventually cheat on me because he doesn't desire me enough. It's one of my biggest fears, but I don't want to lose out on a guy that I love who will also be a great father to my kids. I hope you don't mind reading this soon. I subscribe to your podcast and really want to hear what you have to say. I'll follow your advice because it's helped me so much to get a great guy from online and a proposal. I feel like this is the biggest decision of my life because it could be my last chance at having kids with a man instead of on my own. Thank you, Jackie. Wow. Yep. Jackie kind of um, talks about something that... When I saw this letter, I said, you know what? Now is the time to do this podcast on consumer versus buyer sex. <laughs> you wouldn't think it's much different, but it is. And I'll tell you from my perspective why I believe that to be, and then, of course, what you can do about it. So for anybody listening to me, you know, or also for anyone having read my book, you know that I subscribe to Freud's Madonna Whore Complex in a way that I think can be very, very helpful for women to understand men. Because I believe that it's from the male brain that this problem, so to speak, and unfortunately we, we now see it as a problem where it really needn't be, but because of where we have come in society as females, it can feel like a problem and certainly can be experienced as such. So I wanted to um, just go through some stuff about Freud's complex because I think it's so valid to really even for me to keep reviewing it to really understand uh, from where it comes and certainly how it manifests and um, manifests, I should say, in a relationship and for men when they are with women who they are just consuming or who they are interested in having more with. So, in the vernacular, the complex, Madonna meaning Mother Mary, and whore meaning the opposite of Mother Mary, um, because Mary in you know the Bible was a virgin. And she, we call her the Mother Mary, uh, or Christians call her, um, you know, Madonna. And it was first identified... Because again, while Freud came up with it, it's always been. Because I believe the, the origin really of the entire complex, if you want to call it that, I don't like calling it that because 
I don't believe it's complex. I don't believe it's something that develops in men or is an issue with their psychology or anything of the sort. That's my belief. I just believe it is male. To the core of the reptilian brain in males, meaning our brain, we have three brains, and the reptilian brain is the um, oldest, and it's the brain that doesn't house language. So it really is more of an animalistic brain. And we as women have that, men have that, and we have uh, higher brains that house language, higher thinking, on and on. But this is more of an instinctual, animalistic brain. And for men, the efficacy or usefulness of the Madonna whore complex is very easy to understand if we think back to when we, as Homo sapiens, were in the wild. When actually human animals copulated in the wild. And there was no societies in terms of maybe the most elementary of tribal societies, but probably not even that. So there was no hierarchy, there was nothing really to guide mammals. It was just like, you know, animals in the wild. They certainly have their packs and their certain ways of relating to other animals, but there's no real mm, society in the way we think of it now, where we follow rules that are spoken, languages spoken, things are understood on a higher level. So for men, the Madonna Whore Complex was very useful because what it is, is it is a way for men to in intuitively and in one split second identify women as either a woman who is going to be a great mate in order to procreate or one that is not. It's that simple. And how that's really manifested itself along the thousands and thousands of years is that men in the reptilian brain still have this. And it's very interesting, the men that I've talked to about it, they do absolutely relate to it. In other words, they say in a split second, without thought, they actually make this assessment of women and put them in the one of two categories. And they certainly do this second part of it, which is, do I want to have sex with her? And what's interesting is, for the most part, that second question is always a yes, if they could. That's just male. Men, you know, are, are born and made to spread their seed. And so their desires, on a scale always, because all of us are on a scale, of being uber-sexual or not very sexual at all. There's actually 1% of our society which we would call asexual, meaning they have no desire for sex with anyone, male, female, anyone at all. It's not that they're heterosexual or bisexual or homosexual. They really have no sexual desire toward anyone. Actually, they say 1% of the population at any given time is that. Could be. Don't know. How do we really get statistics on that? But anyway, the Madonna whore complex, which I believe, Jackie, is at play here. And in a good way. And you might be thinking, how is it good when what I'm experiencing sexually is not like it was? and your fear of your potential husband not desiring you. So here's the difference. Let me go to first to a bit of material I've read on the Madonna Whore Complex because I think it's really important. The origins here are interesting. So it says here, in psychoanalytic literature, a Madonna Whore Complex is the inability to maintain sexual arousal within a committed, loving relationship. And 
what I believe they're, they're meaning here is not the ability for men to get it up. That's not the issue. Is that the, the ability to maintain sexual interest within a committed, loving relationship. Because love and sex are two very different things. And most important in what we're talking about here is that respect and valuing a woman is very different than wanting her for just sex. So when a man is interested in you for more, he's interested and he falls in love and he respects you as he wants and needs to respect and value a woman that he takes on as his wife and potentially mother of his children. For a male brain that's more black and white, on or off, stop or go, yes or no, Madonna whore, it's very easy to see why the man has you in a category of, I don't disrespect you or debase you sexually. So interesting that we can see easily with Jackie. She's, that was what was so beautiful about the letter. It just outlines it perfectly. With the other men in her life who were consumers, and they may have loved her as consumers love her, but, and I can say that easily because consumers aren't bad men. They're just not in a state of being ready, willing, and able to commit. And that includes the criteria of being in love with a woman. So for her, having experienced the consumers she experienced, they are all about putting her in the category of sex. They don't have to worry about that respect, valuing whatever, because they have no intention of taking her on as a wife and mother. Now, there are going to be variations in there in each relationship. And I would have loved for her to come on, um, but I understand, you know, that's a, that's a very personal thing wanting to come on the podcast or not. I encourage women to do that and use a pseudonym, which I'm sure she did here anyway, um, but to do that because it's of so much value to have the discussion to get to the particulars. Just as an aside, you know, it's funny because women come to me and they want a one-size-fits-all answer. And I encourage them to have... A conversation with me vis-a-vis first reading my book because I give everyone who reads my book a complimentary session that is completely you know it's free of charge it's for you as a gift for reading my book because if you read the book you get it hopefully you spread my message you've listened to this podcast we stay in contact we build a community of women who know and believe what we believe. So valuable. So, these consumers that Jackie experienced, it makes perfect sense. And quite frankly, I'm not here to tell you that the sex and marriage will be the same as sex with those consumers. The more he is a consumer meaning an ultimate consumer, low-scoring, mixed-messages consumer. The higher up on the scale of the sexual experience you will be, because that's, for him, what the relationship is about. And he is not valuing you in the same way as he will be eventually, hopefully, with a woman who he wants to take on when he is ready to take on the responsibility he sees commitment as being as his wife. Now, that doesn't mean down the road it may not be you. 
but he will be different in his approach to you. And it's why we must be so circumspect and careful of presenting ourselves initially in the second category because it is a both-and situation, meaning that when we present ourselves as completely sexual beings, that is how the male brain perceives us right off the bat, instantaneously. Like I said, their reptilian brain, oh, that's a girl who is hot to trot. That's a girl who goes into the second category. In a nanosecond, they can make that assumption. And this can be as simple as seeing your picture in a provocative way. Depending on the male psyche that you're dealing with, the individual male psyche, and that's why I say it would be so helpful to talk to Jackie more about Alec, right? But when the, the man sees you in that category, depending on where he is psychically, his developmental level, emotionally, sexually, ego-wise, his achievements, it will be difficult for him to put you in the first category of Madonna. And, you know, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I mean, this is just a, a kind of no-win situation, it can feel like that. But there's good news. <laughs> there is good news, ladies. And I'm going to give you that good news right after this quick message. Want more information on anything you've heard discussed here today? Why won't he commit? How a man decides to make you the one is available at all major book retailers. Or grab an autographed copy of Coach Paula's groundbreaking bestseller at whywon'thecommit.com. So what is the good news here? Because once you experience that kind of desire for men, the consumers, and you have relationships with that kind of sexuality attached to them, what's at play here is two things. You believe because we bond through time and sex. You might believe that this relationship is off the charts, desirous and sexual and good and can lead to being in a married relationship. And there are times, depending on the man, that it can. In other words, and I was talking about this last night on one of my calls. There is no absolute in anything related to humans in terms of their psychology. I mean, we just can't ever make that. There are no nevers, always, whatever. And even sometimes when we say them, it doesn't mean the abject 100%. It means most of the time when we're talking about always or most of the time when we're talking about never. But it, there is never a never and there is never an always. So it can happen. Here's the rub. For most, the majority, the middle range on any scale, the man is not going to be comfortable with the woman who presents herself in the second category or he puts in the second category. Because that's the thing. It's not necessarily, it's not that you, and there's no, there's no wrong thing about being in the second category. I'm not making any judgment whatsoever on it. Because wouldn't it be great if none of this were at play in the male brain? If women could be the ultimate sexual beings that they are, and men could not have this in their reptilian brain. 
and see us in the full complexity, our full range, experience us in our full range, wouldn't it be unbelievable? I dare say we would just so blow their minds that, you know, I, I don't know, the world would implode. <laughs> I don't think the men are capable of handling that. And they have to do it in these cut and dry, black and white, on or off, stop or go, Madonna whore ways. Again, each male is going to have a little variation, just like we do in our reptilian brain, according to where we are in our society, our time, etc., etc. What I mean by that is we women bond through time and sex. We view commitment as simply a natural outgrowth of love, time, and sex. So, if you like a guy enough from the start that you have sex with him, and you like that, so you continue to see him, you start to like things about him, or even ignore things about him that you don't like because your reptilian brain is going to bond through the sex. That's just a given as a woman. It's a natural thing that happened to us back again when we were even not in tribes, but on our own, out in the wild. What did we need? We, after we had sex and got pregnant, we needed that pair bonding of that male to help us take that fetus to term and have that child so that we would procreate. So what did um, the universe, God, higher power, whatever, put in us? Bonding to that particular male so that we would ensure that child comes to term and grows. Great book by Desmond Morris, an anthropologist, the human animal. And it actually talks about all of this stuff. It's so fascinating. And how we actually even have what's called the seven-year itch. It is in our DNA the seven-year itch, because what it was back in the day, beyond back in the day, I mean way back in the day, when we copulated in the wild, got pregnant from a particular male, and ha were, were pregnant and we're going to have that baby. We did, and we pair bonded for seven years. Why seven years? Because finally, at seven years old, a human child actually had a chance of surviving in the wild on its own. So if, so, so what that meant was that the male could go off and spread his seed elsewhere. And it makes a lot of sense. So where does this leave us today, now? in the 21st century. Wow. Well, the male brain and the female brain, the reptilian brain, are without language. And they are at our deepest core who we still are as males and females. What does this mean? It means that we can't bucket necessarily if we're in the middle range on the scale of human traits, so to speak, or what we would consider on the scale of normalcy. I don't really like that because there really isn't anything that's, quote, you know, abnormal if it's not aberrant, right? Meaning if it's not hurting someone else or hurting us to a degree. So that's why I don't like the term complex because A, 
I don't believe it's largely learned. Certainly society plays into it. But it is, again, something we're not going to change for probably thousands of more years. As we grow as humans, we do change to a certain degree a little bit. But that's going to take hundreds if not thousands of years to really change where things will be at our core very different. In other words, we are equal now in all ways, but we are incredibly different. So, for example, apples and oranges. People use that because they're very different. They're fruit, but they're different. Doesn't make one of them better than the other. An apple is not better than an orange or more valuable. An orange is not better or more valuable than an apple. We have to deal with men where they are in terms of where they are on the scale. And again, why it would be great to talk to Jackie about Alec because I'd get more information and could help her to a greater degree. But in an overall message, we're going to talk about the sexual part of it and why I believe that she's going to be just fine and why I believe that it is not going to be the desire she has experienced in other relationships because that's a one-note desire and perhaps if she looks back, that's what the relationship was about. I encourage anyone who's with someone now and wants to know where they are on the scale of being a consumer or a buyer, take the consumer versus buyer relationship test. You can take it on the guy that you're with now, anyone that you're dating, and past relationships. Because it helps to look back for all of us and see, was my perception right here? Was he going to commit an I you know, did something here and, you know, it's just very, very valuable. I've done it myself. It's my test. I've taken it on uh, past relationships and seen, oh, yeah, of course, of course. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't take a consumer, and I'll put a caveat on that, meaning a mixed messages consumer on up, generally not an ultimate consumer. If you are with someone who scores as an ultimate consumer, I would say, you know, that, that you can have a chance with that only if you do my leave him to lure him strategy and show change in you. Again, we, we like to get the man to change and step up, but really, all the work is about us because if we do the right things to evoke the change in a man who does have feelings for us in some way, shape, or form, we can elicit the outcome we would like. And that's the beauty of working with someone who has that objectivity and knows how it works. And it does like a charm. In the last seven months alone, I have helped six women get the engagements, the proposals that they desired from a particular man, not believing that that could happen for them, that it was going to happen for them. I knew that it was if they did the strategies and it worked. And, and for so many women, that can happen. And if you believe your guy deserves the chance, you deserve the chance, connect with me. If you've read my book, I give everyone who's read my book a consultation, like I said. And you deserve to do that because you deserve to know the real deal. And I give everybody the real deal because I believe that that's my purpose. I don't gild the lily, and anybody who's worked with me can tell you that, boy, is that the case. 
I am straight up. That's who I am, the New Yorker in me, everything about me, I'm going to give you what I believe to be the real deal. So, back to where does this leave Jackie? Or if you are feeling that in your relationship, meaning you have someone that you know loves you who scores as a buyer and you want that to go the distance, it absolutely can, but you might not be feeling the same thing sexually or the desire coming at you in the same way as a relationship with a consumer. Absolutely normative. And again, we'll be on the scale of normative or one side or the other depending on the man. In the case of Jackie, She's telling me that things are good, there's not dysfunction there, all of that. That once she gets to the marriage, because that's when he is the most bonded, we know a good thing already. He's made the decision to take her on as a wife and potential mother of his children. So he's made that formal decision. So he's taken her on as part of the team. When a man does that, he is showing that you are valuable to him in a way that other women have not been heretofore to the, in the same degree. And he's not been ready. So when he does that, he is going to ultimately revere you, respect you, love you, honor you in a way that is different than a consumer and it will feel different. There are two things that happen, I believe, in consumeristic relationships, both from the male side and the female side, that make it very dynamic sexually, hot and heavy, whatever you want to use. And here's the thing. That because the man has not said, okay, I'm going to take you on as a responsibility, I see commitment as being, because you are valuable, because you are in the first category in my eyes, and again, that's all on a scale. Because for some men, that would be you have to wear your hair in a bun and have a buttoned-up uh, collar and you know, not show your knees in a skirt or, or not wear pants. Who knows, right? It's all manner on a scale. For some men, it would be that for you to fall into the first category. For other men, much more fluid. You can wear certain manner of sexy clothing and uh, show yourself in a certain manner. Again, it's all on a scale, depending on where that man views it. That's why it behooves us as women to show ourselves in a way that is not overtly sexual to others. Um, when we do, a man's brain, depending how evolved it is, will put us in the second category and unfortunately, we don't even belong there necessarily. And again, I'm not putting a judgment on it because it, it doesn't even matter. In other words, women are these completely sexual beings that men mm, sometimes keep themselves from because they know that their desires, their sexual needs can be deemed in a way that they feel as use. And depending on the male, he can view use of certain women as okay because she's in that second category. It is a very tricky balancing act. But back to where it comes from on the on the woman's side. So in other words, if you are with a consumer and you might be ignoring what's wrong with the relationship, but you have fallen for him be through time and sex, you've bonded, and now 
the sex is so good, the it, it's so um, hot and heavy, your endorphins are flying, you know, because um, it's fraught with, I don't know what's happening, he's not all in, I want him to be all in. Well, you become your most sexual self as your psychological way of hoping to bond with him and thinking that the unbelievable sex will bond him to you. And unfortunately for marriage and a formalized commitment, it does the opposite for the man. This is where the, the, you have to join them to beat them, so to speak. You have to know this about men. And I'll be honest, you know, it used to make me very angry. It really did. Because it, it just, it, it seems so messed up because it's so not the case with women. You know, there is no such thing as Madonna or whore. I mean, it, it just is, a, it's a societal thing in a way, but yet there is on the flip side in the male brain and we can't bucket or we lose. So when we're in a consumeristic relationship that we want to switch over to a committed, bonded one where the man values us, it's very difficult. Not impossible. Difficult. And there's only one way I see that really works to do it that I have found seriously works to do it. And that is my leave him to lure him strategy. It's a program I've built because it works so well to do it. It's very, very hard to do. It takes work. It takes the goal of wanting to see if that man will ever step up and make that switch, which can happen. It absolutely can. Fortunately for Jackie, there is, she doesn't have to do that, but she wants her man to be, she wants Alec to be more sexual with her. She's afraid that it shows his lack of desire for her. No, wording is power. It shows his valuing her. And once the marriage has taken place and there's that bonding on his part. Remember, men bond in only one way. That's to making a formal commitment. That's in my book as to why. Thank you, Bob Grant, a licensed counselor who allowed me to understand that from reading his material. Fantastic. I believe it to be so, so true. I work from that stance and it proves to be a charm. So a man bonds in that one way and that's when he'll be most invested in allowing you, so to speak, to show your full colors and that you can in a more safe environment. So I hope this today helps for you to see the, the small subtleties in a way, yet they really are a profound, large concept that to me is not a complex, but a way that men make delineations and see the world and compartmentalize whereby women tend not to, but it's functional. It's been functional in time and memoriam. It's been functional and it continues to be for men. And again, we need to join them in that and then guide them by being the mechanic of the relationship. And if you listen to me at all, you know that I believe women to be the mechanics of relationships because we know relationships. We know how to fix them. 
we understand them. We get it and we want to get it. Whereas with a real car, men understand real cars. They get them. They understand them. They like to fix them and they want to. So again, in the normative range, so to speak, that we want to be in the relationship realm and they want to be in the car realm. So we let them go do that and we have to be the mechanic of a relationship, guide it, steer it, keep it running smoothly so it goes the distance and it can. That's also the beauty because men love us. They love all of us. Big, small, short, tall, thin, not thin, dark, light. They love us all in one way, shape, or form. And if we connect to them in a way that guides them to where we wish to go and we know our quote-unquote enemy, because they're not the enemy, but we know our enemy and join in what he, as a male, understands, needs, and connects to, we can get more of what we desire and deserve in the realm of love. And I am such a believer in women doing this. I work in it every day and see the fruits of it and know how it works and that you can do it and make your life really the life you want to live with men. That's the beauty of where we live now in our society, in our day and age. We can have that in the way that we want it, whereas heretofore, women could not. So we're really, really lucky in that respect. But it's a both good and bad thing now because men are confused and we have to take the realm in that way, or the helm, sorry, the helm. We have to take the helm and guide, steer, and connect to men in the way they need it. So for Jackie, you're going to be able to explore more of the full realm of who you are during your marriage in your marriage when he is completely bonded and committed. Now, is it easy? Mm, it's tricky. And it's why I believe that women in marriage are also best to keep up with things and keep things oiled and keep up on their mechanic skills, so to speak. It is so important for them, for the man, and for any children that come from a relationship. So, sounds like you have a great guy, Jackie, and that you're going to be able to do this. Do not construe his valuing you as lack of desire for you. Really change that wording around for yourself that he respects you. So he's going to respect going forward your needs and desires and exploration with him in the confines of marriage, knowing that it's only with him. That's also a big part of it. You guys know, you hear me say all the time, what you do with him, he thinks you do with all men. So when you're in a committed, completely committed marital relationship it's just with him he knows it's just with him heretofore if you are not committed you give yourself fully you give your full sexual self what does he believe that you do that with other men to whom you're not committed because while you are all in and committed um, via time and sex and bonded He's not. And the way he views it is the way it's going to be viewed by him. And you can't really change that. So what you can change is 
what you do to allow him to stop out, miss you, reevaluate, and come back as a buyer only. That's my leave him to lure him program. So if you haven't taken the test, be sure to go to willhecommit.com and take the test on any man that you're seeing or a previous guy to kind of know because when you look back and you see, oh yeah, I see where he fell on the scale. That's why I experienced what I experienced. This can help you a lot in your relationship now. And if you have not gotten the proposal, meaning he hasn't decided, because I don't care how much you've decided or he has said, you know, yeah, I'm all in and that's going to happen one day or whatever. Until he has made the formal public declaration of that decision, he really has not done it. And that is what is necessary for him to move forward to be with you and then to bond. Once you're bonded, if you're experiencing the lack of, how should I say, the passion that you've experienced in consumer relationships, you can start to develop something that will be more comprehensive, so to speak, and full and passionate and he will still have the respect for you because you're doing it just with him in the confines of a marriage. So he believes it is just with him, and that is very special. So if you have more questions on this, please shoot them off to me. Follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, on, on any platform, social platform, and we can connect that way. I have a group on Facebook. I'd love for you to be a part of it, to see more of my material on Instagram. I put up everything. But for me to keep this podcast going, it's very important for subscriptions. So please follow me. Subscribe and share. Let's get the word out for our community of women who know what we know, who believe what we believe. And... Bring women into the fold because this is what gets us the most we can in our relationships and it's what we deserve. And wherever you fall on the scale, you deserve to have what it is that you want in your life. I believe women are love in the world and we deserve to have love in the way we desire it and, and deserve it from men. So if you are with a man now and you know going forward it's so important to make him wonder. Thank you for listening to Make Him Wonder. If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at makehimwonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you.